This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Is it that he is yearning for acceptance from his mother and his father, and he feels as if he has to please and appease them to meet their needs so that he would receive love, so that his own intimate family, you and your kids, will receive that same love? Imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. 
On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. We are in the second week of December, and I I tell you what, I still have not purchased a Christmas gift for anyone. And I'm kind of getting nervous about it because usually all of my Christmas gifts are purchased on Black Friday. However, I'm still I'm still processing the fact that we are in December. Is that a good thing? Probably not. However, one thing I am thankful for is Brooklyn is still a believer. She's 11 years old, and I'm so thankful for that. The other day, she was kind of freaking out because Avery hadn't moved, like hadn't moved at all. Avery's our elf on the shelf. And so walked into her room because I didn't have any excuse. So I knew if I walked into her room and her room was messy that I could use that. So walked into her room, noticed her room was messy. Aubrey's room was messy and their bathroom was disgusting. And I was like, oh, here are the reasons why Avery's not moving. Thank you, Jesus, that they the rooms were that way because to be honest, Willie and I totally forgot. And I hate to admit this, but sometimes we use Aubrey to go ahead and move it. Okay, yes, Aubrey's only 14. We shouldn't do that to her. But you know what? When a parent's desperate, a parent's desperate. So I wanted to hop on here. I wanted to hop on here not to go ahead and discuss my lack of um, preparation, but one thing that's come up over and over are in-laws. In-laws for Thanksgiving, totally recorded an episode on that. But now it's like, how do I deal with my husband who puts the my in-laws over our family? Like, how do I deal with that? And so I'm going to go ahead and teach you how to assert yourself and ask for what you want in a healthy manner. But first, I'm going to review a couple questions that I've been given. And ladies, if you can totally relate with them, let me know. Let me know. So, and you could let me know by joining my Empowered and Unapologetic group that's on Facebook. Again, it's Empowered and Unapologetic. So go ahead and go to my Facebook link and um, you'll definitely be able to join the group because I want to hear, I want to hear what's going on. So here are a couple questions that I've received from some of our audience. How do I deal when my partner puts my in-laws over our family and he seems to not be aware of it at all? I'm struggling a lot with my in-laws. It's too much to type, honestly. Next one, I don't really like my in-laws. They live in another country, so luckily I don't have much interaction with them. However, my husband doesn't like how I feel about them. It hurts him that I don't like them. It's my mother-in-law in particular. When I first met my mother-in-law, I actually liked her a lot. But then I realized after more meetings that she lies a lot. A lot of her lies have to do with our relationship. She has come up with many more lies, many more lies, not only with our relationship, but about her health, about their finances. And most of her lies are to draw attention and for her people to feel pity over her. Also, she has made some questionable parenting choices for her kids. My father-in-law has a lot of racist and homophobic ideas, so I'm not a huge fan either. The dynamic with them and my husband is very unhealthy. A lot goes unsaid. There's resentment 
And my mother-in-law loves to guilt trip my husband. It's very toxic. Every phone call has yelling. Whenever we visit, my mother-in-law will throw a huge tantrum and she will purposely lock herself in the room. So much so that my kids will go in after her, you know, and knock to get her attention. Or my hu- my husband will literally go to her room and spend hours trying to console her, taking time away from us. Basically, I won't contact them directly myself. I'll do it over video chat for the family. Plus, I try to keep any bad thoughts about them to myself. And I don't try to turn my husband against them or anything like that. My husband doesn't like that I don't like them. I think he's projecting his own insecurities and his relationship with them on me. He wants me to love them and think they are doing a great job. (sighs) But I believe he's in denial. Any advice you have for me would be appreciated. Okay, so let's go ahead and go straight to this one. So the first thing I'm going to say is I'm so thankful that you are not projecting your feelings on him. And I can understand that's very, very difficult considering this is essentially your family. And I know it's not necessarily the family you've chosen. And I know that you wish you had a better relationship with them. But one thing that I've learned, especially with in-laws, especially with people in general, it is so important to accept people for who they are and who they're not. Ladies, If you haven't learned already, you know with all my podcasts, I'm going to be giving you quick and easy tools and strategies to apply right away. So if you do not have the pen and paper, girl, put this on pause. Grab a pen and paper because you're going to write everything down. And I want to make sure that you're able to implement it right away. So the first thing I would say is we must accept people for who they are and who they're not. If we do not accept people for who they are and who they're not, then we are going to be in this dysfunctional pattern trying to change people. And I'm going to tell you right now, it does not work. It does not work. You cannot change people. Don't get me wrong. I know you have good intentions. I know you want to change them for the better, but they have to be the ones that do the work. You cannot work harder than them. Secondly, I want to help you identify why they trigger you so much. Why do they trigger you? So let's go ahead and think of some things. Why might this mother-in-law trigger you? Well, you mentioned that she lies a lot. What does your relationship look like when you attempt to have a conversation with your husband about her lies and he disagrees or he doesn't believe you? Write that down. Whatever the answer is, write that down. Another thing, what is it like to be around her when she lies? What are you feeling emotionally? What are you feeling physically? What thoughts pop up into your head? She's a liar. I can't trust her. She's a liar. She's evil. Okay? And now we're going to go ahead and take a second, or I should say a third approach. I want you to take a step back and I want you to look at the relationship between your husband and his mom. And I want you to ask yourself, can I remove my emotions for just a brief second? Because if I can, then we can do what's called take on the role of the observer. Let me go ahead and explain what the role of the observer is. So when we take on the role of the observer, we're looking at it from an outsider's perspective. So pretend that you and I are standing there, right? And we're, I'm in their living room, let's say. You and I are in their living room. 
And we're just kind of watching the relationship. We're not judging it. We're not criticizing it. We're where there's emotions, but for a minute, we're going to set those aside. And we're just watching their relationship, watching the way your husband talks with his mom, has a conversation with his dad, watching their behaviorisms, their mannerisms, just kind of sitting back and watching. And I want you to ask yourself, is your husband confident when he's around your his parents or are there some insecurities that come up for him? Is there confidence or is there insecurity? Do you notice that he fumbles with his words sometimes? Do you notice that he hardly ever sets a boundary with them? Do you notice that he does his best to please and appease them? Do you notice that he tries to gain some form of acceptance from them? If the answer is yes to those questions, then my friend, what you're watching is (laughs) you're watching him as a little kid. And I want you to think about him when he was like probably 10 years old. And imagine what it must have been like as a kid to do this same thing. Imagine what it must have been like for him to walk up to them with straight A's or for him to walk up to them and ask them to go to a game of his or to meet a friend. Or imagine what it must have been like when he was a kid and asked for some form of support, some form of love. And I want you to think, holy moly, his mom's going to lie to him again. His mom's going to throw a tantrum and she's going to turn it from his worries to hers. And then you're going to watch this 10-year-old completely distraught, completely confused, and now at the mercy of his mother to go ahead and help her and save her. And then he's trying to go ahead and figure out his dad. Why is he racist? Why does he believe all of these things? Is something wrong with me because I don't believe the I don't have the same beliefs as my dad? Is something wrong with me? Why is my dad so stern? Why is he shut down? Now you have an idea of what it must have been like when he was a kid. That must have been really hard. And now we're back to today. We're back to looking at him, having a conversation with his mom, having a conversation with his dad as a grown adult. Huh, isn't that funny? He's repeating those same patterns. So is it really that your husband is choosing his family over his own? Or is it that he is yearning for acceptance from his mother and his father and he feels as if he has to please and appease them to meet their needs so that he would receive love, so that his own intimate family, you and your kids, will receive that same love. Holy moly, he's overcompensating, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And now we look at it from a different perspective. Here's why. Here's why. We're able to see that, wait a minute, this isn't anything personal. This isn't a personal attack. It's not that my husband doesn't love our family. It's just that this is all he's known. This is all he's known. And for me to criticize it, it's only going to push him away from me. And he can't see that his mother is probably a liar, right? He can't see that because she's been doing this all of his life. He can't see that his father is a racist 
because this is just the way his dad believes. And he looks up to his dad, just like you probably look up to your parents, right? And so it's very difficult for him to see outside of it. And you, again, criticizing or trying to manipulate or trying to push him away from his parents is not going to work. If anything, it's going to push him away from you. And that's what we don't want. We don't want you guys to disconnect from a relationship, from your marriage. We don't want that. And so now that we've taken on this role of the observer, I would like you to have a conversation with your husband and ask him, what was it like growing up? Did he have fun? Did he feel supported? Did he feel appreciated? What was it like, you know, whenever he played sports? Did he feel supported? And if the answer is yes, okay, that's his belief. It's not for you to correct it. If the answer is no, same thing. It's his truth. His truth, write this down. His truth does not have to be your truth. His truth does not have to be your truth. The way he's interacting with them is something he's done all of his life. When you take on this empathic approach, right, and you're, you're, you're seeking to understand versus fix, your husband will start to talk to you. And your husband will start to open up about how this impacts him, right? I've dealt with this over and over, especially in couples therapy. I can't tell you how many of my couples struggle with this same exact feeling. My husband sides over his family. He will never side over me. And after working with both of them, one thing that we find once the husband starts opening up is the husband will say, let's say his name's Bradley. Bradley will open up and say, once I start to ask him these questions, you know, once I start to ask him, what was it like growing up? Did you feel supported? Did you feel acknowledged? Did your parents attend your games? Was there a favorite? Were you the favorite? Oh, wait a minute. You weren't? Well, who was the favorite? And how did you find yourself comparing to them? How did you see, how did you see yourself growing up? Did you feel like you constantly had to one-up him? Did you feel like you had to do everything perfect? Oh, wait a minute. Your brother struggled with addiction? Oh, and his family? And your parents were constantly at his beck and call? Oh, okay. Oh, so that's the reason why they weren't able to attend any of your baseball games. Oh, okay. Because your father and your mother were too busy focused on your brother's addiction. Okay. And now that you have the career you have, you still feel like it's not enough and your parents look down on you. What's that like? And right away, Bradley would reply with something along the lines of, it sucked. It sucked. I totally get that my parents love my brother more. And, you know, I get that this is just the way it's going to be. But I've learned to deal with it. And having a conversation with my mom, it's not going to change anything. It's not like she's just going to magically change and, and talk to me. Oh, okay, well, tell me more. Tell me more. If you were to go ahead and have a conversation with them about this, what do you think would happen? Worst case scenario. Bradley's reply, well, then I'll never see them. My dad is so set in his ways. And my mom, my mom knows how to shut people out. She did the same thing with my aunt. She did the same thing with my uncle. So I know she'll shut me out. So Bradley, what would that be like if she shut you out? 
it would be horrible. Because that's really the only family I have. Ah, now we're starting to develop this understanding of our husbands and why, why they might act as if their mother and father is, I don't know, I don't want to say like is priority because they're not, they're not. Even when I asked Bradley, that's not his real name, by the way. But even when I asked Bradley, is your family, is your mom and dad priority over your, your wife and your kids? His immediate response without hesitation, hell no. My family comes first. My family comes first. But I just don't want my kids to grow up without a gram, without their grandparents. That would hurt me so much. Now you have a sense of understanding. You're not trying to fix it. And the more and more you develop that relationship with your husband, the more and more he will be open to sharing with you. We did get to a point where we were able to get Bradley to have a conversation with his mom and his dad, but that required work and that required willingness. He had to be willing to do it. His wife was definitely willing, but he was not. We had to respect that. Once he was ready and once we built up that level of confidence, once we built up that level of security, that was when he was able to pull the trigger and he was able to go out and have that conversation. And I'm so thankful that he was able to do that because it changed the relationship between him and his wife. So let's move on to another one, another question. To start off, I don't like my in-laws. There's a lot of alcohol and emotional abuse in the family, most from the parents, but a little bit between all the siblings. So I'm already on edge about them. They're not super close, and there are a ton of issues between him and his family. But my husband has an active relationship with them. So I'm taking his lead and trying to keep them tied into my husband's and my son's life. My daughter struggles with that relationship, so I try not to push her too much. However, every time we leave hanging out with them, my husband is sad, dejected, and hurt. They belittle him. They tease him. And not in a fun way. Basically, they just act like they have no respect for him. It's getting to the point that it's really bothering me, and it's definitely affecting his daily life and his new journey as a father. And I'm wondering what we as a family should do. Should we try to take a step back and keep some distance from them? Holy moly. Holy moly. So a couple things. I can understand that the way your in-laws treat your husband is so hurtful. And watching it, oh my goodness. I'm going to tell you right now, that alone, my mama bear instincts comes out like no other. Like no other. It's like, are you kidding me? How can you behave this way with such an amazing man? How can you behave this way with, with somebody that you've raised? Why would you belittle them? And right away, all of those defense mechanisms want to come up, right? All of that pain. But then I have to remind myself, I have to remind myself, wait a minute, I'm personalizing this. I'm making this my own. And if, let's say, I'm putting myself in your shoes, obviously, but if my husband, if my husband wants to continue this relationship, well, I can set boundaries. I can assert myself. I can communicate with him. But more importantly, 
I'm going to go back to listening to understand. I could already see, I could already hear the sighs and the eye rolls. I could already feel it. I feel it. I feel it from you guys. And I get it. I get it. That's not the answer you want. The answer most of you want is probably something along the lines of, you know what? Just tell us, Veronica, tell us to end this relationship. Tell us to be done. Tell us to go ahead and block their numbers. Tell us to go ahead and remove them from our lives. Like, just give me permission to do this. And I'm going to tell you what, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's not going to work because you got to think about this. You are married to this man. The goal is to be married to this man for the rest of your life. So can he honestly do this for the rest of his life? Probably not. Probably not. Can you do it for the rest of your life? I can already hear you laughing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I can. Sign me up. I'll do this right now. Just tell me. Just give me the word block. Well, yeah, you can, but he can't. And I want you to think about your kids 20 years from now, 25 years from now, right, when they're getting married. And, you know, they don't have grandparents because you completely deleted them from your life. And the resentment that your husband might feel towards you because you made that executive call. I know you're supportive right now. I know this is frustrating. I know this is hurtful. However, these are his parents, not yours. And so you must respect them. You must respect them. You don't got to like what they're doing, but you must respect. Let me fix that. You must respect his decision. There we go. You must respect his decision to continue that relationship. However, we communicate with our partner on what this looks like, right? So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to identify, before having the conversation with your husband, I want you to identify what do I really want? What do I really, really want? And I want you to think about five years from now, five years from now, as your kids start to grow, as they start to develop an understanding of what all of this looks like, I want you to think five years from now, what do I really want this relationship to look like? And I know I already know my husband needs to work on himself, build up that confidence so he doesn't get emotionally abused, but that's out of my hands. What do I really want? What do I really want? And I want you to write that down. Yes, write that down as I'm talking to you right now. Hello, write it down. Because if not, you're going to forget because kids are going to distract you or a household chore is going to get in the way. So this is your time. You're with me, which means we're doing some work. Identify what you want. Once you've identified what you want, and it's rational, ladies, I already see you writing down, get these people out of my life. Scratch that. Develop a healthy, and you could replace this with something like develop a healthy relationship with my in-laws. Because I'm going to tell you what, even though you're, even though your in-laws behave this way, you can still have a very healthy relationship with them without compromising yourself. Your husband can have a very healthy relationship with them without compromising himself, but it's going to include boundaries. It's going to include boundaries. It's going to be, you know, it's also going to include being able to search yourself right? But this is only, I'm going to try to keep this about a 40 minute podcast. And so if I get into all of that, it's going to be like three hours long. So I'm going to keep this very simple. I want you to identify what you want. What do you want the relationship to look like? How are you showing up in the relationship? That's what I want because you cannot control how your husband shows up. So what are you in control of yourself? And now that we've established that, what do you want? Next, once you've established an idea of what you want, this is when we're going to share it with our husbands, right? But I want you to look at what you wrote down and at no time are you allowed 
to use the word you or his name or your in-laws' names. Here's why. I want you to hold yourself accountable. I don't want your husband to feel attacked when having this conversation because it's a very sensitive topic. So I want you to look at what you wrote down and make some edits. You know, I want to develop a healthy relationship. I want to, I want to experience and express my love. That's where I'm going. Once you've developed I statements, now let's go into rule number three, which would be understanding, understanding what asserting yourself looks like. Being able to ask for what you want and what you need. And when we assert to ourselves, we are not, we are not going into, you know, our, our needs take priority. Uh-uh. You are sharing what you want, what you need, and you are open to maybe what your husband wants and what he needs. You don't have to want it, right? You guys can be on totally different sides of the spectrum. That's okay. But you are open to it. You are willing to negotiate. Listen when I say this. You are willing to negotiate. However, you are not going to compromise yourself. You are not going to compromise yourself. We're not going to do that. So you are going to assert yourself, right? Asking for what you want and what you need. Well, step number four, we kind of got to put all of this into practice. So step number four is to start small. Asking for what you want and what you need. Maybe set aside your in-laws for a quick minute and ask for what you want and what you need with regards to like household chores. Maybe you want your husband to clean up the you know kitchen or maybe every Wednesday you want him to be in charge of dishes. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. But whatever it is, that's how we assert ourselves. We start to ask for what we want, what we need. And so we start small because those things are more tangible, less uh, – it's, it's not so overwhelming. It's not so overwhelming at all. And so whenever we're able to do that – Whenever we're able to do that, um, it just makes it a little bit easier, right? And our emotions are out of the way. Okay? So start small. And then when all is when all is done, I want you to pay attention to if you're personalizing anything that's happening. If you're taking it as if it's this personal attack, that's a big step. Because if you're taking it as a personal attack... Mama, I got to tell you right now, it's not yours. It's not yours. I know you want it to be yours. I know you want it to be yours because you can end it right away. I know there's nothing more than to go ahead and, you know, remove them from your life, right? There's nothing more that would make you happier but to remove them from your life. So you got to take care of yourself. You definitely have to take care of yourself because this can be quite overwhelming. And it's not a... It's not a one-time try thing. You telling your husband, aren't you tired of the way they treat you? Aren't you tired of being littled and feel this way? The kids have to witness it. This is embarrassing. Imagine if you say that to somebody who's still hurting from when they were 10 years old. That's not fair. And that's your husband. And so I get I get it's frustrating. I get it's painful, but I want you to take a step back and I want you to be more understanding. You being understanding does not mean that you forgive. You understanding does not mean that you condone what's going on. Hell, you accepting doesn't mean you forgive or you agree. Okay? 
But it goes back to that number one rule to accept our parents, I'm sorry, to accept our in-laws for who they are and who they're not. One way that has helped me is by asking myself the question, what happened to them? What happened to them? And that might be another step to add on to this. Take a step back. Take on that role of the observer. And as you're watching your husband and your in-laws interact, huh, what happened to her as a kid? What happened to his dad as a kid? Why is he racist? Why do they feel this need to go ahead and belittle everybody? What happened to them? I heard Oprah say that one time. I think she was promoting some book. I can't tell you what book it was. But it was so beautiful when I heard her say, I stopped asking the question, what's wrong with them? And replaced it with what happened to them. And it was, it just blew my mind, totally blew my mind because it's true. Holy crap. Not all of us are evil people. We don't want to be evil, right? Our parents don't want to be evil, but maybe things have happened to them and that has caused them to act a certain way. What happened to them? Usually whenever I ask my clients, especially my women clients, that they'll tell me, oh, my husband said that she grew up without a dad and her mother was never available, so her grandmother had to raise her. (laughs) Her grandmother was stuck raising, you know, somebody else's kids, and so she didn't have time for me. Or I'm sorry, she didn't have time for my mother-in-law. She didn't have time for my mother-in-law. And so my mother-in-law was completely alone, and she would have to sleep on the couch. And whenever it came time for Christmas, her mother wasn't available. Grandmother wasn't emotionally available. So she was by herself. And it's like, oh, no wonder it's hard for her to love. No wonder she looks at she looks at love as conditional because she doesn't know how to love herself. She doesn't know how to give nor receive love. So it is no wonder she behaves that way. Huh. And the minute I provide my clients with that perspective, everything changes. They realize this is not a personal attack. Remember, hurt people hurt people. It's not you. It's them. However, one thing I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow judgment. I'm not going to allow criticism to get in the way. I'm not going to allow you to personalize what's happening. And I can understand watching your partner struggle, it's hard. Feeling as if he puts their needs over yours is hard, but it's not the truth. So what we have to do is we have to challenge that thought. And I know every step that I just gave you will help you do that. So like I said, I want to hear from you. I definitely want to hear from you. So join my group. Empowered and Unapologetic. You can get on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Empowered and Unapologetic. I can't wait to hear your guys' responses because I know, I know, I know, I know you're not alone. And I know you're not alone because I had several messages all along this topic. Okay? So ladies, you are going to challenge yourself. You are going to step outside your comfort zone and you are going to do the work. Bye for now.
Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking. Drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and to our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. 
We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictivemind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.